Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, everybody. Caleb Patterson. It was Muscle People P. Real Talk. In the house. And. This program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in all of the world. And I can say that because we're in an Yeah. If you are a drug-free athlete <laughs> and are looking for a solid foundation to stand upon or maybe to get a pogo stick and jump, who knows, and a vehicle to drive your goals like what does it Roy? Like a Mack truck. To ice cream, chocolate ice cream. Oodles and oodles of snickerdoodles. Check <laughs> us out at peoplepeopleasle.com. Step right over you like that. And now let's chit-chat with a banter. Hello, Desiree. Hello. Hello, Kaylin Patterson. And, and I don't know, guys, if you, you know, Kaylin always gets on and I think his favorite accent to do the opening promo is Australian because we haven't had a different accent in quite a while. <laughs> and it's one of his best ones. And you know, I try, but I really I, can't do it. But, but if you haven't picked up, both of us are trying tonight with the Australian accent because right. our guest is coming all the way from Australia. Crikey. Australia. <laughs> Australia. <laughs> And I love a good Australian accent. It's one of my favorite oh, accents them. in the I whole wide it. world. It is. It is. And so, you know, a couple a couple of weeks ago, we uh, had guests from Italy. We had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, but the show went on. And we are stepping up our international game and figuring out how to get our guests connected a little more seamlessly. So uh, we've... Uh, we're having a dance party right now, it sounds like. I'm not sure. But anyway, so hopefully tonight things are going to go swimmingly. And with that, listener land, I would like you to please help us welcome our guest tonight. He's Mr. Michael Waddington, and he is, of course, in Australia, as I alluded to. And uh, Michael, why don't you say hello and introduce yourself to all of our fantastic listeners. G'day, this is uh, Mike Waddington from Brisbane, sunny Brisbane, Australia. Um, I'm a PNBA Pro 2016 Natural Mr. Olympia and the IMBA Australian President. Um, thank you for having me on your show. All right, fantastic. So you are the President of IMBA Australia, I guess just tell us a little bit about, so we're familiar with the American arm of the organization, but why don't you talk to us a little bit about the Australia arm of the organization and just some of the cool stuff you guys have going on, um, kind of your size, is it growing? Just just fill us in. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we we run a season A and season show, a season B show Ooh. format. So we have, um, we have state shows like America. Um, in, in our Season A f- format. So we've just ran one the other weekend in the state of Victoria, which went really well. We, we did some uh, pro-qualifying cards for that show. Um, it was exciting, a lot of fun. And, and, um, and Melbourne's, Melbourne, it, which, is the, uh, which basically is the capital of Victoria, the state of Victoria, was a really exciting place to have a show. Um, and a lot of great people, very multicultural state and you know it's a great place to visit if you're ever coming to australia lots of um lots of things to see plenty of food very exciting um our next show we're running is in the state of western australia we've got some uh new exciting promoters over there it's going to be a big show great venue um i'll be flying over to MC that show and uh that'll be coming up in um early next month 
And then uh, finally, we'll, in Season A, we're going to have our Season A uh, national show back here in Brisbane um, on the 1st of June. And yeah, we've got those three exciting shows we're running coming up. And then in Season B, we're going to be running uh, the state shows again, but also we're hosting um, the IMBA PMBA World Cup in uh, New South Wales, which is a state, um, and that'll be in September. And then, um, so we're going to have international athletes flying in from the USA and um, New Zealand, Europe, Asia, um, all coming in for that show as well. So we'll be at that show too. And then um, our last show we'll run will be the Team Australia show, which will be a pro-am show as well. And that'll be a qualifier for the natural um, Mr. Olympia in November. So lots of things happening. And it's uh, and we love to have people coming down under and we, we host them and... It's exciting having um, such a global organisation. I'm, I'm loving the sound of all of that. Sounds like you've got a busy, busy time and hectic schedule coming up. And I, I just enjoy, uh, like like that and I said, uh, said we, we love the accent. I mean, I, I'm just in love with it. Just hearing you talk, you could talk all day, and I'd be like, eh, I'm just jelly. But you and I have met. I don't know if you remember. I was so new to uh, – a natural bodybuilding, but I don't. I don't think you'd probably remember me um, when you came to Chicago, when the the universe used to be up here, and we had a chance to sit down and 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 chit chat, and because I was just so overwhelmed by how engaging you were with the with the audience and the people that were you know basically coming to the after party, that I just had to get some interviews in because I was I was just so amazed that uh, you know all the travel you guys had done. And I'm. I can only imagine. Well, no, I, actually, I can't imagine how tired you were with all the travel and still basically giving time to the people that wanted to talk to you, as well as uh, the people that appreciate the sport and uh, and and you know what you were representing. How? I mean, how do you even find hours in a day with so much? I mean, international travel, much less doing what you're about to do this year. Uh, how do I? How much? How do I find time? What to train, or is, what? What were you? For anything. What was your question? For anything. Well, I mean, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's like anything that you're passionate about. Um, I compartmentalize. I run, you know, I I run the, you know, a president with the IMBA with some other directors here, and we we have promoters in states to help us as well. But, um, and I run my online coaching and my personal training. Um, I compartmentalize and. And I guess it helps that I'm I'm involved in a in a business and a sport that I'm passionate about that I believe in um, that I really enjoy um, working in um, and I and I work around some really positive people and and when you when you um when you're working around a lot of positive people it makes it easier to want to you know get up and, and go forward and kick goals and and do exciting things so yeah no I really do believe in natural sport and natural bodybuilding and. Um, I love seeing people achieve their goals and, and inspire others. So yeah, no, it it, it rubs off on on myself and and everyone around you. And, and that's also, fantastic. The, the the fact that you know, like I said, it it just kind of blew me away with that kind of traveling. Do you like get in town earlier, or do you have to basically? How how does that setup work, where you can get your body, you know, in tune with a, an an in flight. Uh, travel with you know because when you can pressurize the compartment of an airplane it does something to a, a natural physique and then you have to get your the jet lag out and still be ready for stage I, I just kind of has always been mind-boggling to me we we would um we get used to it now but we would try and fly in a few days in advance um and usually usually what we do to sort of handle the jet lag is make sure that we we try and plan a flight that we're coming in that we're coming into your daytime. And then if I, the minute I land, I'm sort of looking for organizing my meals and then getting to the gym. But so don't go to bed, go straight to the gym and climatize for the environment you're going in so that you, um, you, you, you're meeting their time schedule. And then, then you, you pretty much will find that your body will adapt in the next day or so. So you'll, as long as you get to the gym, you know, and, and treat your body, like it's going into the time zone that you're approaching, usually your your body will adapt, you know, really quickly as long as you give it a couple of days. All right. 
And that is, I mean, and that is very interesting to know. And thanks for asking that question, Kayla, because that's something that's been on my mind too. And the more that we speak to international competitors and the more we encourage American competitors to travel overseas for that experience, if they're able to, it's just good to know these kinds of tricks of the trade or things to expect if you've never done that before. But uh, I'm going to flip the switch here a little bit and I'm going to take us, you know, a long way back from your international travels to when you first started. And I would love to hear how you decided to jump into your first bodybuilding show and uh, how all that went down for you. Wow. That's embarrassing. (laughs) Okay. okay, We'll we'll go there. Um, Well, basically, (laughs) okay. Basically true story. Um, I went to, um, I went, I basically stayed at a friend's place in, in, in high school um, and he lived on the, on the Gold Coast, which was, um, which sort of like is, um, you know, a very surfy sort of body conscious environment. And he, he said, look, we're going to go watch a bodybuilding show. And um, I said, okay. And then when I got to his house, we actually found, I found out that I was actually going to be competing in it. And, um, so back then we didn't have what we have now, so we didn't have all the tanning companies and so forth. So we got his we got his sister's fake tan from her, and we applied that to me. And then we didn't have posing trunks, so we found um, just some basic sort of swimming trunks. You know, they look bad, but anyway, they were the closest thing to um, to posing trunks. So we put those on, and then we got a driving to the show. We got a bodybuilding magazine. He, we pointed out pictures that we were going to use for the posing routine, and he said, "Right, practice all that. Like, get them in your mind. Oh That's what you're going to do. You're going to do all these these poses when you get to stage." And then he said, "Right, we need some music to your posing routine, and I'm going to show my age here." So we had a record, right? We had a record, and of course they didn't play records at shows back then. You, you could use a cassette tape, right? So what we did, and we. I don't know how we did this, but we stopped at like a convenience store on the way to the show. And somehow the, the music that we used at the time was popular. So we went in with this record and somehow we, we, we spoke to the guy working there and he said, yeah, I've got, the, I've, got the, I've got the cassette tape. So we said, look, you hold on to our record and we'll swap you the cassette tape and we'll use that when we get, and we'll come back and we'll swap back over again. So anyway, we get to the show, um, I do these really bad compulsories and then it comes to my posing routine. And he said to me, when you go on stage, make sure you do the moonwalk. Okay. So do the moonwalk when you go on stage and that'll be exciting. And then break into these poses and then finish off with this, this most muscular and, and the, and the crowd's just going to erupt and think you're just, you're going to be exciting. Anyway, I used the, I used the music uh, to smooth criminal. So, you know, I'm thinking I'm pretty bad and doing this moonwalk, doing these poses. And and then I finish with my most muscular, and there's just dead silence. And then I leave, and I'm and um, I don't know where it placed, but it wasn't. I I, I don't know, but it, I just didn't. I didn't get a medal, <laughs> but it was an interesting experience. And um, oh no doubt, no doubt. Well, how long of drive was this to the competition? And and did your friends sign you up ahead of time and just didn't tell you, or you guys just went there and well, you're like, okay, just decided on your way you were going to do it, and they let you in. Yeah, they in those days you could sign up on the day, so we signed up on the day, oh. and um, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I mean a lot of registrations back then, you you, you know, this is before you had online registrations, and and so you could just sign up on the day, um, and uh, yeah, I mean I it obviously got got help and coaching and read more information and. Yeah, but so if anyone's ever thinking that hey, you um you're doing it tough because you don't have a coach or you don't don't have access to this, or you don't have access to that, um, yeah, I I learned it. I learned from a magazine on the way to the competition. So if it if it's um if it's as bad as that, then you've got nothing to complain about. <laughs> well, I just say hats off for having the brass to do that because that is spectacular. <laughs> So, uh, Kaylin, do you have anything you want to jump in with on that? <laughs> no, I'm still trying to keep from laughing when my drink out because, it's, wow, that, yeah, 
that's uh, basically going straight into the system. I love it. <laughs> but there had to have been something about that experience that made you want to be like, all right, I'm I'm going to get myself pulled together and, and do this for real, like for real the next time. I mean, there had to have been something there that just motivated you to keep going. Or was there kind of a break in between that show and the next show you competed in? It was, oh, I was hooked. I mean, I, I, I think, um, you know, after that, I mean, I was reading the magazines and looking at, at um, the pictures and so forth. But I, I, I guess I, I later on, when I moved from, my, my father was in the military and we were on a military base and that's where I, I learned to, to lift weights because um, I, I used to get it, dabble in martial arts in the gym because it was, it was on an army base, which was in a, in a sort of a, uh, location which wasn't close to anything we and um, so I used to catch a school bus from there to the to the Gold Coast to go to school and that's where I had the friends I met at school down there and stayed at his place on the Gold Coast to go to this show but yeah I learned to train in that gym there and um, I didn't take up weight training to be a bodybuilder I took it up because um, basically there was a an ex-commando who was training in the gym and he saw me kicking a bag like in martial arts, and he, he said to me, and I was about 15 at the time, he said, do you want to want to really learn how to, to train? And I, I sort of said, yeah, like like a challenge. And then he took me through a weight training workout that night. So I stopped doing the kicking the bag and went and trained with him. We trained for about two hours. Um, I'd never trained before, so when I woke up the next day, nothing in my body moved. I was completely sore. Um, I felt like <laughs> I, I tore everything in my body. And my mum, my mother said, well, you can't go to school. You've clearly torn everything in your body and I'll let you go to the gym after school, but you're going to tell this, you're going to tell this guy that you'll never, you can never train again. And I went down to the gym after that to train, to tell him that. And he, he laughed at me and he said, no, we'll go again. And, um, he said, everything will loosen up and it did. And I'm, that's how I started weight training. So, but, um, the bodybuilding, um, you know, down the track, yeah, you read more magazines. I, I got some, some uh, advice off another bodybuilder and just kept reading and learning. Um, and that's how, that's how I, you know, you see your body change and that's how I progressed forward and learnt more about dieting and training to, to understand that it was, that was very important. All right, that is fantastic. I mean, I love that story. It reminds me of uh, a story of another guest, Joe Perez, who talks about how he started weightlifting, I think it was with buckets of sand at some point. Yes. But uh, anyway, I think it's fantastic. Um, You just saw something and you fell in love with it and went after it. So, again, hats off to you. Um, Starting to get some listener questions rolling in, so I'm going to start with this first one from Bill. So this is going to bounce us a little forward here again in your timeline continuum. But he wants to know, how do you avoid conflict of interest with competing um, when you are so interconnected with the organization? The um, well, I've only I've only just got involved more into um, running things now in the last uh, few years. Before that, I was I was just the athlete and the coach. Now I've um, I haven't had a chance to step on a stage since 2017. Um, so I still train like I'm going to, but um, the the only way around it is is for me to do international competition because I mean. We all know each other in the organisation anyway, so there's no there's no extra favouritism to me, say over another athlete, because we all know each other equally. Um, I, yeah, so I mean, you might have Philip Ricardo with someone on the judging panel. He knows me, but he knows all the other guys too. So he's not, you know, he's not doing many favours um, in, in judging the best. He's going to aim for the best athlete winning. Well, you know. If I could jump in on that, because I, I think that with uh, we some somehow some way we know each other, and somehow in some way, so somebody's always going to know somebody. But I, I think we 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 don't because we, when we say fit family, I think people overlook that sometimes and forget how important that is for the industry and for the organization and for the competitors. Because we're so interconnected, we want the best person to win simply because that's the setup of what makes it so special with competing. 
I, I think we sometimes, you know, because we are so cordial and familiar with each other, that it does look like, well, we would play favorites. But I think it's just the opposite. Because we know each other so well, it would be disrespectful to someone else that we know. And that would be the, the breach that would break the whole thing. So the industry stands on itself because we're founded on the understanding that everybody wants the best for everyone, even when it comes to competition. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of times we forget to remind people of that, and uh, it can be overlooked from time to time because of, uh, you know, just how, how, how loving we are towards each other. So, you know, like when, when Des and I have to judge someone we know, it's still what they're presenting on stage. It's not, well, because I know how hard they work, they should get some extra scoring. That's not how uh, the, the point system works, and that's not how we score a presentation. So I, I, I think we need to keep it, um, adding that in with the conversation because sometimes when we fail to say it, because we are on the, you know, we are on the show from time to time, we need to bring that up a little more often so people are more understanding of what we're saying when we're saying it because sometimes it can be misconstrued or or not enough information at the time. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, it, it, as much as I might be a fan of an athlete on stage, if they not, didn't bring their best, you don't punish the person that did. And I, I think that's the professional side of the sport and uh, – a lot of times they're not the 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 uh the athlete is backstage getting feedback, but sometimes people in the audience aren't there to hear it, and so they so they don't get to hear the reality of what's going on as can as uh as, you know related to competition as well as the athlete. That's, no, and that's I think right. you and, 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 hit and, and the nail on the head. Yeah, and also, also no, too, please a go lot ahead. Of people, yeah, a lot a lot of people will see the um. The, the pictures on the social media, which, you know, that's just one one angle of an athlete and jumps, and jumps to the conclusion that that person should have won. There must have been some sort of yeah. politics. They weren't, they didn't see that there was all these other shots that this athlete won on, on the day, you know? So um, that's, that's, that's the other thing you, you, you need to sort of point out is that there's a big difference between what people put on social media versus what you actually see in person at the show as a judge. Yeah, yeah. And that and, uh, is true. Yeah, uh, we've talked about this on the show, and I, I, I was there at an event where a guy took his best pictures and, you know, laid it out there for people to see, and he was irate that he didn't place well. And, I mean, he went to social media and, and threw a, a, a basically a, a tantrum. And I was so disappointed because it, 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 it hurt because I was at the event and I got to see it live and he really had, I, I don't want to say fudged the photos, but I think he just found his best ones and he excluded anyone and everyone that was standing next to him. So it did look good, you know, as far as a standalone picture, but it was very disappointing when you stood him next to anybody else in the same light with the same pose, because he just wasn't looking better than the people that, you know, he was competing against. Uh, last weekend, good example, where the kid, you know, went on on social media and the interview with Mike Newman and said he should have got first place. And, you know, you, you don't want to put that information out there like you do because, you know, you want the, the competitor to come back and compete. But sometimes you have to speak as raw as that person did to basically give a better understanding of what was happening. Because if if, if you don't, speak the truth sometimes it, it, it can backfire on you by basically trying to save the competitor's ego you're not doing them any favors and you know like like Mr. Waddington was saying it, you can be nice you know behind the scenes and speak freely but it, it to me it, it takes away from the industry when you have to basically blast people like that and that's why I try to I tend to stay away from it but it was very uh, I can't think of the word. Uh, carbs are low today, so forgive me. But you know, you just don't want that kind of atmosphere coming from a sport that we love so much. Yeah, and I, and I think I think um, um, and when I was a young young athlete in the sport, um, you know, I would take it a lot more personally than what I have as I got more mature in the sport. You learn that it's subjective, and 
um, di- you know, different shows, different different groups of judges um, have different opinions, you know, of what they felt, if, especially when it's close, what they felt was the better athlete on the day. And the, and the judges have got a tough enough decision. And, um, and I don't want to, you never want to disrespect, if someone beat me, well, that was the judges, it wasn't them. And you're only disrespecting that other athlete who worked very hard to beat yes. by going to social media and being... And being rude, you you just if you don't have to like it, but don't be, but be a good sport about it and, and accept. Okay, there's going to be other battles. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to get another chance. Um, walk away, be a champion on and off the stage. Exactly, words to live by. Thanks for sharing. Um, I'm going to switch the subject a little bit here because I really would like to hear more about. Um, your perspective of natural bodybuilding in Australia, because Australia is also a hot seat for the Arnold. I mean, the Arnold is a huge show here in the U.S., but then you also have the Arnold Sports Festival Australia as well. And uh, that just wrapped up, I think, a week or two ago for you guys over there. So kind of talk to us about the environment of natural bodybuilding um, it, you know, in comparison to enhanced, and how how is how is the spread of natural bodybuilding coming along in Australia, from what you see? Natural bodybuilding, natural bodybuilding in Australia is huge. Like, there's a number of organisations, and obviously, I you know we run the IMBA, um, and we we at the IMBA um, really do we like I don't know what other organisations in in Australia, but but. Uh, what their policies truly are, but we truly do drug tests. Like I've got drug tests we send off to labs. Um, we would dearly love to drug test every single athlete, but financially that's that's not, not always going to be the case here at, at, at you know local shows. But what we do do is I I do uh, we do make an effort that if, if there's standout athletes or there's there's someone there's speculation that there's, there's someone some drug use or some enhancement being done, we will target that so if we don't get you with this show we're aiming we'll, we'll eventually we're going we're going to catch up with you and last year we i think we caught up to two or three athletes in australia um that we we uh stripped of titles uh took the awards back and uh, re-awarded them to other athletes that that had passed the testing so um we it's definitely working um as far as the enhanced um you know when you got sports that don't drug test well um you know, the, the, the athletes choose to, to use performance-enhancing drugs. They've got organisations that don't don't have drug policies that they use. Um, you know, I that's their that's their um, you know that's that's their prerogative. That's their that's their conscience. That's their morals. That's that's the decisions they make. And um, I'm I made decisions a long long ago to be involved in drug-free sport and make an effort um, to to support that that industry and support those organisations because. At least they're making an effort to um, to have a drug policy in place. Um, these other organisations, you know, that they, they're you know they've got they've got big things happening for them. But um, it's just a shame that it's a, it's a real shame when you've got celebrities such as you know the Schwarzeneggers involved that um, you know they they could have been using their their notoriety their their celebrity status to clean up the sport and they and they've had more than yes more than their chance to do it and never did it. And, um, you know, I, it's, it's disappointing because, you know, there, is, there are athletes dying now, you know, and they always have been, mm-hmm. but athletes dying and getting sick. And it's just a shame that those athletes, you know, they're getting, they're getting celebrated through social media and sponsorships and, and people put them up there and say, this is the, this is the pinnacle. Well, um, I never, I, I don't look at that anymore. And I, I basically... I'm happy that Danny Kakos has now taken on Iron Man magazine and, and, and making an effort to want to put um, drug-free athletes in that now, which gives drug-free athletes that the, uh, the notoriety that they've missed out on. So, yeah, I feel strongly about it. Yes. Well, you know, and we do too. And I'm glad to hear that, 
you know, natural bodybuilding is is flourishing in Australia. It's growing in the United States, and I think it's definitely got a stronghold in some parts of the states more than others. But there's still quite a few folks out there that don't even know it's an option yet. So still a lot of work to be done. But uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's viable and it's there and. You know, people have the choice to choose that, and we definitely always want to encourage them to the natural side of the world um, for those health reasons that you were talking about. And Iron Man magazine, I mean, it's making a big splash thus far, and it's going to be hitting the stands here um, at the end of this week, and we are all super excited to see that. I don't know, one of these days, you think you're going to be an Iron Man? They might give you a call, do a feature story. Myself, um, I, yeah, maybe, maybe I, 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 you know, could have, um, yeah, who knows? <laughs> That'd be good. Who knows? It, it we'll have to, we'll have to. Denny Kakos, if you're listening, here's another possible candidate. Denise, see if you can work him in. He's got my vote. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Not that I have any weight in whatsoever, but I will throw yeah. it out there. Uh, but Kalen. You got weight, you know you do, and it's good weight, not something you see on the scale. So yeah, we love you and we hear you. So keep going, good girl, Des. We love ya. Do it now. Yeah. Like, uh, one of the things, one of the things that I, I loved hearing what you're saying is because I was just, uh, I, I mean, it's almost like you're channeling me when I was talking about losing my 24th friend to uh, the choice. Of, of drug use and it, you know, whether it be from kidney failure, liver failure, uh, cancer being on the rise from the drug and all the other things. But one of the things that really got me was the enlarged heart because there's so many that have been passing on and you know, the, 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 basically the, the excuse is that they died having a big heart and just like they did in life. And I, I I'm so, so very tired of hearing it. And I think at some point, everybody's going to get to the point where they're just sick of losing friends for the simple fact of drug use. I mean, it's not something that they had to do. It's not something that had to happen. It was just people neglecting their bodies for the sake of aesthetically pleasing others. Because I, I think someone was telling me that they never take the drug to please themselves. It's basically how to look good for others. And, and, that that hit so close to my heart because you know it's it's never for them drug use is never for the person they never find happiness they never find what they're looking for and they never find a sense of self so it has to be for others and and just for that revelation really stirred me to want to even be more outspoken for it because if if basically you're willing to neglect your own health for the sake of looking good for someone else then you don't have a sense of self. And and there's so much that happens in a heart and mind to even want to think in that fashion that we, we have to be more outspoken as natural athletes because we are a better choice and we're our health, a choice of health. We are a choice of family. We, we can be everything upstanding in someone's life and still be seen as, a, as an athlete instead of basically having the question always come up if we're using or not. Because, we, you know, we're going to be accused of it. I get that. But the the reality in our own hearts and minds is always to the positive that no, we don't. And until we can be that person that speaks up a little more, then you know people are going to keep seeing the option of drug use. And it, it's 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 a shame, like you said, that we're not more outspoken and then not and we're not more willing to defend our right to be who we are. It seems like when it when the outcry happens, we either shut up or we figure it's none of our business. And I, I think in, when it comes to health and fitness, it is our business because that's what we promote. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, Well, that's a, I, I got into it for health and fitness. I didn't get into it to try and be the biggest guy or the, the most shredded guy in the world. I got into it for health and fitness. And, um, you know, the, you know as, you, as you said, the, the, all the things that you do to your health, um, the damage you do to your endocrine system, that you shut things down and you, you, you're now going to have to be reliant on outside, outside substances to, to support yes. your endocrine system now because you've, you've taught it that it has to rely on these things. Um, you know, it's just a shame. And, 
you know, and then we, and then realis- realistically, you've got people out there that are saying, hey, look at me, I took this protein powder, I did this diet, when they fail to tell you that they're, they're chocked to the eyeballs full of all these other chemical substances, which, got, you know, they're, a, they're just a, a human a human walking and talking, you know, chemical experiment, which nobody knows the long-term effects of what it's going to do to them. And you've got a generation of people coming through the health and fitness industry looking at them going, wow, you, that diet, what that protein powder, that training regime, wow, did that do that for you? I'm going to do what you're doing to later find out that, well, no, 80% of it was something else that was assisting them. And we celebrate this. Um, it's just, it's it's a tragedy. And I'm, I just I, I just want to be a part of a movement that is out there, you know, promoting, you know, natural sport. And that's why I never made that decision to go in that direction. And I don't know how many times I've, I've been said, oh, imagine if you did this. Well, imagine if I did. I don't know, you know, I may not be still training. I may, I may have health conditions now. So, no. Yeah, well, I'm here with you. Um, comment here from Buzz, and Buzz is a new listener to P4P Real Talk. So welcome to Real Talk, Buzz. And, Carol, I forgot. It was my bad. I forgot to mention your name earlier, but I know you were so super interested in Mike's backstory. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully his very colorful uh, recollection of his first show helped you <laughs> get a feel for how he got started in natural bodybuilding. Oh. But uh, Buzz, Buzz is saying, why is it these overseas guys have a better understanding of drug abuse as compared to our enhanced people living here? Buzz, that's a fantastic question. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Thoughts on that, Michael? <laughs> on why you guys get it better than we do over here at, in the United States? Or do you feel like Aussies do have a better understanding of it? Or are you still just battling the same things? Um, look, I, I think I think that um, uh, as a nation, we all like, as Australians, we all like to think, you know, we're, we, we're a clean, plain nation. Um, and then no one would cheat. You know, we would look at the Olympic Games and, and when... You know, certain countries, you know, oh, wow, they, they were doping, you know, systematically or Russians or Chinese that, oh, well, they, you know, they cheated and we wouldn't do that. And then, then you know, then, then basically you, you see things come out in our sport and, and, and people are uh, a little bit shocked. Wow, they actually did do that or someone's doing that or someone's cheating. Um, I, think, I think there's still, uh, still a lot of people in the general public are quite naive what goes on. Um, yes, and, and and you know it probably happens in the states as well. There's probably a lot of people in the community that wouldn't think that the the uh, you know anyone involved in a in a US team would, would do the wrong thing. It's only the the the, the uh, you know they're the bad guys. They do that, and we would never do that. And and of course, um, you get people that they get to a level, and then someone says, well, you know, if you if you crossed the line and went here, you would. You would get um, greater following on social media. You're going to get endorsements, and you, you know you can only go so far as a natural. So, you, and, and drugs aren't that bad. Um, you know, we still have all those problems in Australia, which you know people will um, be naive to the fact of what's really going on, and and, and the difference between natural bodybuilding and and uh, non-tested. I mean, I, ha- I still to this day get clients that will turn around and go. Oh, there's a difference. There's a natural bodybuilding and a non-natural. And I said, unfortunately, in our sport, we have to say that because um, our sport, you know, it's, it's it's a visual sport. So when people are on drugs, it's you know, it's more obvious than say cyclists as such. You know, so and we have all the same problems still here. I mean, education is still to this day something we're fighting. Yeah, I I have to agree, and I think like you know, we were just saying. It is on the educational aspect of it because I think a lot of people just don't want to rock the boat. And because we have that fear in our hearts, we don't let our mouths speak where our hearts are coming from. Because to me, passion always overwrites the fear. Anything you're impassioned about, you have a drive to do. And a lot of times you speak freely about it. And there's no shame, even if you're publicly brought out 
or exposed in what you do because it's a good choice in life, there's no shame or fear in that. And I think because we're not ashamed, we feel like we don't have to speak up. But I think it's just the opposite where, you know, you're so driven that you can't help but talk about it. I mean, I, I love health and fitness. I love being healthy and fit. I love the benefits of life that happens from it. And so I'm very outspoken when I when I get the chance to speak about it. I don't think there should be any shame or fear in speaking about it, even if it speaks against someone else's choice in life. I think a lot of times people are afraid to speak against uh, big big marketing ploys or, or big gimmicks because they're afraid that they'll be, you know, shamed or, or ridiculed for not going with the flow. But I don't think, I, honestly, it's sad to say in this country, I don't know how it is in Australia, but, you know, where, you know, being overweight is considered a disease. And I say it's always a disease by choice because, heck, if you're eating like you want to because you can, that's not really a disease. I, I, I had a guy in our school that had the disease of being overweight, and no matter what he ate, he gained weight. And he died at the age of 17. So I can never accept the excuse that we've been given in this in this nation of basically because you want to eat how you want, it's some kind of a genetic disease that makes that happen. I've met the kid that died at the age of 17 that had that genetic uh, deficit, and it was not pretty because he he hurt all the time because anything, and I do mean anything, even if it was broccoli or celery, would basically send him into five or six pounds of obesity. So I, I already knew better growing up that, that that's just a lie. And if, if we're not speaking against uh, these choices, if we're not speaking against the enhanced uh, choice, it, it, it is a choice. And, and for, for us to keep saying like it's a natural thing, it's not. I mean, like we everybody starts as a net that starts out as a natural athlete, and uh, I I met somebody that was saying, well, you know, I I used to use and I had to wait 14 years before I could start competing. And I said, but that was your choice, and you should be more outspoken about that than me, since you came back to the understanding that you were ruining your health, and you know, you're you're like uh, Mike was saying with the endocrine system, with these things are damaging, and 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 people are dying from this, and and for some reason. Because it's appealing to a, a certain part of a community, it's somehow acceptable. And I said, this seems to be the only drug of choice that you seem to get that. You don't get it from cocaine. You don't get it from heroin. You don't get it from uh, any hard drug. And I said, well, why does this one get the free pass? And it's because this is something that has become socially acceptable. Des? Nope. I think you've covered it. Mike, anything to add? No, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. And and um and you know, I, I, I've seen athletes here that have that have done well naturally and then decided, okay, now I'm going to I'm gonna cross over and start, you know, using performance enhancing drugs. And uh, you know, I'm you know, I've I've been around them and I've been supportive of their careers and and, and seen them move into that direction. And I, I, and for me, it's disappointing because they had so much to offer as natural athletes, um, and um, and they made that decision, and and I, it, yeah, it, it, that that hurts me when I see that because, you know, I, I, I myself am trying to, you know, when I've competed, try and inspire people that hey, this is what we can do naturally. We're doing it for health and fitness, and the more of us that get together and do this and make and and work together and. And make this a movement. We're going to, you know, we can change this. But um, yeah, it, it, it's sad when when you do see people that that you know make the make these decisions when we believe in it so strongly. And there is a lot of truth to that. And uh, we've got about 15 minutes left, and this is always a tough one to transition from. But I am going to, um, I'm going to go ahead and do that. So. Let's talk more about the opportunities that are going on over there in, in Australia as far as shows. Now, I know you listed several shows that are going on, and Melinda may not have heard that, and I think her question may be broader for the whole uh, country or the states that are there, and maybe you don't know this answer, but she's asking how many shows are done naturally in Australia. 
I think Ooh. when did you list about at least five or six that you that you oh, no, well, have I, coming I, up? There's, there's lots of organisations, but we run we run eight alone, eight eight or nine shows alone. Um, they're probably I don't know. There's totally there's probably um, you know there's a lot more than that. But we with 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 the um, sanctioning body with the IMBA PMBA um, that that we follow the the water approved testing we I can guarantee we do we we're doing eight shows already at the moment and growing um, and they're throughout the country so there's that there's you know other organizations running as well I couldn't quote what shows but um, there's now we have plenty of shows to compete and there's plenty of choice so there's no there's no reason for a person that wants to do this naturally not to not to find something to aim aim towards and know that that the organization's making um, a, a considered effort to um, stamp out drug use and performance-enhancing um, substance use. All right, there you have it. So, Melinda, I hope that helped answer your question. So you are just like a very upbeat kind of guy. You're a personal trainer. You work with individuals on all levels in health and wellness. What are some of the more common challenges you're seeing with people's health along <clears throat> in the work that you do and maybe some more of the motivational encouraging things that you share with your fellow athletes or with your clients to keep them moving forward towards their goals. Um, I think number one is, is, um, is basically set, set yourself a goal um, and no matter what people tell you, believe in your goal, like believe that's your personal goal. There'll be, there'll be many people that you'll share a dream or a belief with that will pull that goal down. You set a goal, you believe in yourself, and don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it. And then once you know what goal you're, going to, you're aiming for, then you need to put steps in place to make that goal achievable. So in a bodybuilding or you know, a weight loss or weight management goal, is the tools you need to be putting in place would be, okay, what do I eat? How, you know, what sort of foods do I eat? Write them down. Get, you know, be accountable for what you put in your body. If you don't want to write them down, use your, use your phone. Take pictures of all the meals through a day. And then once you can take, you know, take account of what you eat, you, you can then know, okay, do I eat too much or do I eat too little to achieve the goal that I want to achieve? And then do you make time to train? Do you make excuses not to train? Then you need to look at... Um, basically compartmentalizing your day that you make sure you make time to, to exercise enough to achieve the goal that you want to set out to, to achieve. And, you know, if you, if you need to, find a good coach. Like, um, find someone that you, you can um, be accountable to, you know, with, whether it's a coach or a training partner or someone that, that will, will believe in your goal that you can be accountable to, that, you know, if you feel you can't do it always on your own because the people around you, you know, don't share the same dreams as you, um, do that. Like, as I said, a good training partner or a good coach and, um, you know, someone that's, that's got you know, some real knowledge to, to help you achieve your goal. Um, just surround yourself with people that are going to help you get where you want to go. Exactly. Right. I mean, there's just a lot of good basic advice. KP? Well, I was going to say, this is just the nerd. This is just the nerd in me. Because I remember uh, Josie Miller went down there, and she stopped in New Zealand after she uh, was visiting uh, Australia. And then, you know, of course, Peter Jackson did his uh, Lords of the Rings and the, the, the prequels to that in, in, in that country. Why don't you guys uh, think about doing uh, an Iron Man shoot in, in one of those tropical points so we can get the benefits of that great atmosphere and see some natural athletes in the magazine. Yes. Just something to think. Who's, who's to yes. say that? <laughs> they, well, um, they probably will. We could probably we could probably get some. Um, we'll probably get some photo shoots coming up in you know in tropical Queensland. You know, um, we've got, yes. we've got uh, Nolan Nolan White from Band Studios in um, in Brisbane, and he does a lot of shoots for Iron Man. So. You probably are going to find that a lot of the athletes in Australia are going to start showing up in Ironman magazine. So, but you know yeah. what? I'll I'll, su- I'll suggest it to him that he he used some of that tropical rainforest for some of those shoots. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then of I course, Midwest Muscle should be there to document it. Yeah. 
That's right. There you go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Team Australia. So, so how many athletes do you guys bring on average to the States? I mean, your team to the States to compete? We, we, would, range, we would range anything from um, 42 to 100 athletes, depending on, on the year and, and what's oh going on. Oh, my goodness. But, we would, but I mean, that's, you know, Natural Olympia, they would do things like the Natural Universe. We'll have, you know, um, they'll go over and travel and compete in those and, and we, and, and have a lot of fun. So what we, but we, what we'd like, we, you know, we had some, we have USA athletes coming down. We, we show them a good time when you come down here. We, we even are prepared to uh, line them up somewhere to stay. Like you can stay with families here. We will, if you can't afford accommodation, we usually line that up as well. So, we always are trying to be a global family and take care of each other. I've had USA athletes put me up traveling over there too. So it's, it's always the opportunity that if you want to travel to Australia, reach out. We will take care of you. That is fantastic. I guess goals, Kalen Patterson. <laughs> goals. Oh, shoot. This question is from Dale. This is for you, Michael. He says, describe the feeling of competing for your country. Oh wow! Um, proud, amazing, um, pinnacle. It's um, yeah. It just it, it. You feel like yeah. It you, you feel like you've you've come full circle. It feels it's an amazing experience to do it. Um, and and they do when you win. I mean, they play your national anthem. I mean, there's you, you you there's nothing nothing can sort of top that. Oh I bet. yeah, I yeah. bet. How about it? Yeah. And I would, yeah. And I would think, I mean, that feeling though has to be right up there because you were inducted into the Natural Olympia Hall of Fame, I believe, was it 2015 or so? I mean, that had to have been like almost on the same level as, you know, hearing your national anthem as you're standing on the first place podium. Yes, that was that was incredible. So that's. You've done it. You've got it. You're there. Um, no one can take it away from you. It's something that you, it, it, the recognition that you do, you're doing something with the sport. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. And and you could, and you, you I did a, a talk and, um, you know, you got to, I got to tell some of those little stories I shared with you and, and and of your journey and how you got there. And yeah, that was funny and fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh... And and you know now the fact that uh, with the Iron Man magazine being in the natural community, it can be even more embraced with the understanding that the word can be put out even more. Because a lot of times people don't really understand the first or second time, but when they get the information where they can reread it, because I know there's plenty of things I I would read in a magazine and get it wrong and run to the gym and try to do the workout. Then I'd go back and see why it had worked. It's because I'd read it wrong. And, and I think people can get that same kind of uh, information now in a, in a natural publication. That's amazing to me. And I, I'm really looking to forward, forward to how that pans out. And I, I'm scheduled to be at Barnes & Noble tomorrow so I can uh, pick up my copies in there. I, I'll, I'll see. I'm not sure yet. But I, I had put in an advance uh, order. And they were looking at me like I was crazy, like, how do you know about this and you're not working? But, you know, we, we got the inside scoop because uh, Real Talk got it like that. Got it like that. <laughs> You'll have to let us know how that first issue is there. So one last question here, or maybe we've got a couple time for a couple more. But So, Michael, you had alluded earlier that you haven't competed in a couple of years, but you still train like you are going to, do you have any plans to um, get on stage anytime soon? Uh, probably not this year, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I train I train five to six days a week still, um, and I follow currently a like a daily undulated periodization or DUP training at the current time. Um, I usually eat about five to six meals a day. Um, so, yeah, and I um, usually train with an assortment of training partners, different, um, predominantly train with my wife, Belinda, um, but also train with, um, you, know, like, you know, a couple of other guys, Bryce Cherry, Stacey Howard, uh, Jay Tyler, 
just just to name a few, and um, they all they all have different strength levels and and things that they bring to the table to train with, and um, and of course, and sometimes I train on my own. So it just depends on on how the schedule is planned. But no, I I've, I've, I'm injury free. I feel great. Um, I I sit around. I don't know what was it not 103 kilos, so it's 200 and um, 30 pounds or something, I don't know, um, you know, and basically, you know, make sure I can still see my abs year-round, so never never be out of shape so that, you, you know, my wife says if, you can't, if I can't see my abs, then, you know, you've, you're fat, Michael, so, um, like, you know. There's some motivation for you, so so here's yeah, the question, like guys. This is going to, this going to call for some special late. Speculation. I can't even speak. Speculation. Thanks for this question, Jacob. It reminds me of that uh, program that used to be on the History Channel where they would pit different warriors from different countries and time periods and everything and compare their fighting styles and, you know, do a computer simulation as to which one would win if they actually had come up against each other in combat. So that's kind of the spirit of Jacob's question. He says, how would Mr. Waddington do against our last guest, who was Robert Terry? So, guys, and and you know, Mike, it's okay if you if you want to throw out there that you could totally take him, but I am totally interested in your perspective. How would you do against Robert Terry in a in a Rob in a pose off for the uh, bodybuilding overall? Rob Terry, natural Mr. Olympia. Yeah. Yes. We, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, I mean, he, he, he got me in 217 um, when I first started running things. Um, and I judged him. I judged him last year. So I, Rob, Rob's a massive athlete. But I, I can tell you now, and you can, you can say this thing to any athlete, is that everyone's beatable. Um, I'm beatable, but he's beat, definitely beatable. Like, they've got some great, great um, things going for him. But, you know, you, you know, at that level, when I judged that show and he won, it's like the top three were interchangeable. So um, it, 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 when you're on that level of stage, um, we're all beatable. I'm beatable, but he's beatable too. They're all beatable. It's, it's, what, it's what you don't have going in the background. If you can do all the training, no injuries, you can bring your, your A game. And on the day, things, so many things happen. You know, your body your body's a living organism. Things can change in the day or leading into the show. Um, yeah, we're all beatable, but um, you know, remember that we're all you know people like the different physiques and the different attributes to our physiques. So you're going to have people think, oh, they'll, they'll play that game. This person could beat this person, but um, you, you know, on any given day, I, I never write myself off. I think I, I stand a chance against anyone on any given day if I brought my A game. Um, and and they would say the same thing about me. I could they they could do the same to me. So. Um, yeah, and and that's what, right makes, it, what makes it exciting. It's what makes it exciting. So. All right, KP. Uh, I, I I have to agree with Mike because um, I can remember at the Natural Universe uh, when Ryan Doris came in and he was looking amazing, and he you know he thought he had it in the bag, and all he had to do was step on stage at the the night show at the Universe and. He didn't change his diet. He didn't do what was, you know, given to him. And when he came out at, that night, Justin Figueroa took it. And uh, he, he couldn't believe it. He was amazed. He, he was like, you know, I thought I had this thing hands down. And now I find out I get second place overall. And he was just crushed. You know, it, it was it, it was sad to see. But, you know, he 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 took it for granted and, and, and it cost him. So, you know, everybody – and, I mean, if you would have seen – Doris, that morning you would have left out that night thinking you know he had it in the bag just like he did. So it, you know anything can happen on stage. It's 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 amazing what can happen to the body at night. It's amazing what the body looks like during the day, and it's amazing the transformation that can happen just from one slip up. So you you never know. You really never know. And I, I'll never forget that. Obviously, it's still in my brain, and this is years ago. But it was just something to really see when you see someone at their absolute peak and then for some reason it, it didn't have the same look 
that night. So it was it was something that I, I remember obviously that stuck with me. But like my Mr. Waddington was saying, it's just it's there's certain things that happen that if we're not basically minding our P's and Q's from top to bottom from the morning to the night, you know, you could lose off having a food baby from eating too much pizza in between the shows. So you know, it's so much, so many variables. You really don't know until the final tally is sorted and scored. So you know, it, it's just something that that's the beauty of natural bodybuilding. Yes, it think, is. And if I did it, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I think I'm. A bit, I think it's about to cut off here. So I just wanted to to say thank you for having me on the show. Yes, no doubt. And real quick, I'm going to throw out if I didn't throw this out earlier that Michael was. Thank you, the uh, natural Olympia overall bodybuilding champ of 2016. So he definitely has the credentials to back up anything that uh, he's putting out there and snickerdoodle. So on behalf of Michael, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you so much. Uh, Cheers to your client who's getting ready to meet with you. Snickerdoodle lovers everywhere. Australia, we love you. Your body is a temple. So let's build it. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.